presenting sponsor of this episode of Kill by Kill is Sutio. You know, if you're like me, you're using headphones all the time. So you're at the gym, you're in your office, you need portable wireless sound. It's no longer a luxury. This is a necessity. You want headphones or earbuds that not only sound great, but they also look good too. And that's why you need to plug into Studio, which combines timeless Scandinavian design and pairs it with precision tuned sound. It gives you an almost like being there sort of listening experience. And you don't have to decide between having fashionable headphones and high quality audio because Studio delivers both. The best news is that you can experience this amazing audio tech for yourself and save some coin doing it. Head to studio.com, that's S-U-D-I-O.com, and find the perfect pair of headphones or earbuds for you, and then enter the discount code KILLBYKILL, K-I-L-L-B-Y-K-I-L-L, at checkout, and you're going to get 15% off your purchase. And more good news, Studio ships your choice to you for free worldwide. Once again, enter the discount code KILLBYKILL at checkout to get 15% off your purchase at studio.com. They look as good as they sound. And now, the body count continues. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, diet time is here. That's right, we're talking Jason X on Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal Patrick Hamilton. I'm coming to you once again from the outer reaches of outer space. It's a lot of outer. Anyways, this is the Kill by Kill podcast, and we're dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. That's right, we're going to unpack all the gory details of Jason X in the hopes that a uh, Space Marine's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes that we can make at their expense. And as always, there is only one person I trust to help me center all the aliens that we've found and mount them on a wall. The one and only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing, Gina? Happy 50th episode, Patrick. Yes, we finally made it. I mean, technically we made it a while back, but this is the 50th official episode of the Kill by Kill podcast. It's, it's a shame that we had to waste such a nice round number on this garbage pile of a movie. <laughs> Uh, true, but you know, it was going to happen sooner or later and, uh, it has happened sooner than we might have wished. (laughs) This is, uh, quite an interesting cinematic effort is how I'm going to spin this one. Interesting. Yes. It's, it's, it's been an an experience so far. (laughs) It sure is blue. Um, (laughs) that's what you could say about it. There's a lot of exposed torsos. Oh, yeah. Don't know what the AC HVAC bill is on this spaceship, uh, because everyone is both bundled up and way underclothed at the same time. (laughs) Well, I hate to scare you, Gina, but we are not alone. That's right. Our special guest this week is the host of Off the Cuffs, a kink and BDSM podcast, and being there podcast that explores the extraordinary aspects of everyday people's lives it's the one and only dick wound how are you doing dick hello i am doing wonderful <laughs> how are <Thank> you guys 
Wonderful as well. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, we have a tradition here on the Kill by Kill pod. (laughs) We have a tradition here on the Kill by Kill podcast, and that is that I fuck up simple introductions. (laughs) The second uh, tradition is that we always ask our guests what their introduction was to the Friday the 13th franchise. What was it for you? Uh, So I I had a couple of dipping my toe in moments before I, I took the full plunge. And, and so when I first started, I was uh, I was pretty young and my, my friend had stolen, I guess, uh, copies of the movies on VHS from his dad and hidden them behind uh, his TV. And <laughs> and so like we would his we'd be hanging out and his his mom would like leave the room and he would pop in Jason Takes Manhattan and we would watch like little little scenes of that. And then uh we never got through the full movie because she would come back and then we'd have to turn it off because we weren't supposed to be watching it. And then I sort of did this thing when I was younger where I used to kind of hide behind the couch and watch what like the adults in the house were watching. Mm-hmm. And I used to also do that to my older sister and she was watching uh, the sixth installment. And that was the first one that I watched, I guess, fully, but I was hidden behind a couch watching it. No, that's the best place to watch part six. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but then when a, a couple of years later, I had gotten my hands on on the first couple of movies, and I watched one, two, and three all together. And three was the one that actually made me fall in love with the with the series. Uh, I know you guys. I, yeah, I know you guys had a lot of uh, things to say about three, but I actually love three. <laughs> <laughs> Three does zip along when you watch it with an audience. I, you know, listen, people should like what they like, especially when it comes to the Friday the Thirteenth. There are a lot of there. There's a lot for everyone to dig into there. Oh yeah, uh, you know, do you? I have a I have a controversial uh, statement to, to say. Also, I love this movie so much. <laughs> oh, God. I am obsessed with this movie. I remember when you guys started the the show, and I and I started talking to you, Patrick, and I was like, I need a spot on Jason X because, like, I could talk about this movie all day long. And what's funny is that this episode is covering all the deaths that are just like, meh. <laughs> this might be a movie that's full of meh really for us but (laughs) i'm glad that we have somebody on board who enjoys the hell out of it i think this movie's great for because it's it's essentially like a sci-fi channel movie uh but with jason in it i I mean the the effect it looks like like a kind of early 2000s sci-fi tv show like lex or one of those uh i don't know like not quite as good as battlestar galactica but you know uh, it's definitely, it's definitely got some like cheesiness to it, but then you also have, I'm a big fan of anytime you take a horror series and throw it up on into outer space too. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I've, I've run into, I've run into, I think at least two people who said this is the only Jason Friday 13th movie they've watched, which is fasc- <laughs> fascinating to me. Cause it's like, why would you stop there? Yeah. Why would you start here? <laughs> they, they just, you know, they, they, but they like it, and and I'm thinking, okay, that's because it's the only one you've watched. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, a, I think it's fun, and like, and I, and and it definitely like Jason goes to hell is interesting, mm. uh, I <laughs> to say the least. Uh, and the the one thing that that movie definitely did is is take a different turn. But I feel like this one at least brought it back to being a Friday the Thirteenth movie just in space. Yes, uh, I, that is certainly something they are going for. I, this is one of those movies, 
and that I had probably a higher regard for until I started watching it in pieces. And then <laughs> that regard has slowly, slowly drifted away. Like Thanos has snapped his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and it is disappearing off to equalize the universe. I watched this section that we we're covering twice because I was like, I must have missed something. But no. <laughs> <laughs> so you can put that on the DVD box. Jason X. I watched it twice because I figured I must have missed something. <laughs> but no, I actually like. I feel like this movie as a whole. You're right. But probably watching it in segments is no good because there's like kind of weird stretches. But I, I and I think this this particular scene, a couple of scenes that we're going to be like dipping into here, is probably I think the worst of the movie. Which is funny that you got someone who actually loves the movie to talk about it. So hopefully I'll be able to. Keep it, you know, perky. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe you will brighten our way throughout it. <laughs> Who's to say? Well, let's get into it. Let's do a quick body count. Who is still left alive at this point in the movie? Almost everyone, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like the pace of this sequence was a sign that the screenwriters forgot. Like, oh, we still have 90% of the characters still alive. But let's did you need to have this many characters in the first place. No. No, you absolutely did not. It is wildly overpopulated with people. Uh, and they and they all seem to be like in just different sections of the movie. Like I'm not I'm not quite sure where a lot of this is taking place. <laughs> yeah. It, because the, so the much map of, of that this... ship is confusing. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit it's kind of got a little bit of the, the it's like the impossible spaceship instead of the impossible <laughs> hotel. Right. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of part 8 where they had that giant ship and their graduating class appeared to be like 10 people in yes. change. Yeah. Whereas here this is well a oh, spaceship I really don't know how big it is in reality, but there are a shit ton of people on it yeah. who seem to all do the same job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't uh, know what that we don't know what that job is, but they're doing it. No, we do not. <laughs> well, I guess someone has to produce the plastic cowboy hats. I don't know. <laughs> Let's start with Rowan, uh, and she has a very unique superpower where no one not here on Earth or in the heavens above, listen to a single word she says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen someone ignored so hard in a movie as Rowan throughout this film. I think they were trying to go for the aliens, like Ripley uh, thing with Paul Reiser. Yeah, that we I'd mentioned that that he, the professor, is definitely the 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 Burke of the movie. The, yeah, the, yeah. The well, we have to study him. No, you're not studying him. You're trying to sell this. 450 year old murderer which apparently <laughs> gets you a lot of money on the, the black market in the future so you know yeah. people are hot for 20th century murderers in this distant well, with future the, with the boom of true uh true crime podcasting i you know i could see that being a thing sure <laughs> this is where podcasting is taking <laughs> we were wrong to do it or maybe uh, maybe maybe podcasting will be outlawed like hockey in the next uh, 20 years oh. <laughs> like like hockey and and complete shirts yes <laughs> I, I i i'm kind of a fan of the of the outfits in this movie again just because it reminds me of a kind of bad sci-fi tv show <laughs> well, everyone is dressed like an mtv vj 
Yes. <laughs> um, including Professor Lowe. He's an educator, a tireless researcher, and a purple nurple enthusiast. Yes, he is. I noticed that. And, and it was one of the many, many things uh, I could put on the checklist of, of why this, uh, why the entire series of Friday the 13th is very kinky. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you are a kink enthusiast. Oh, yeah. And uh, educator, I would like to ask you a technical question. Oh, sure. Now, in the previous episode, <laughs> we watched Professor Lowe get his nipple twisted by forceps. Yes. By Janissa, mm-hmm. who spends the majority of this film uh, dressed like Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> and in that particular scene, she has changed completely into rubber underwear. Yes. And put her hair into some sort of, you know, Princess Leia configuration. Professor Lowe, however, is dressed in a lacy purple negligee. Yes. But there doesn't seem to be penetration happening here. So is this, is this like, is she in the sort of Dom situation? That's where he's gaining sexual gratification? Yeah. I'm a complete square, everybody. I, I, all right. Square. <laughs> There's 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 a lot to unpack here, and honestly, I could talk for an hour about that, but <laughs> I'll try to keep it simple. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, so, like, kink, BDSM, all that, like, it doesn't actually have to involve, like, penetrative sex or, like, sex at all. Like, sometimes the act of doing the fetish or the kink is, like, the thing that is, is the only thing that you want to do. And so what that seemed like was sort of like a, 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 a forced humiliation, like, kind of role play where where they were doing the teacher student thing even though they really are the teacher student uh and you know because they're the they had the whole kind of blackmail thing where she's twisting his nipple until he tells her that she passes in like the weirdest way i've ever heard someone say uh you pass or whatever like <laughs> like i've heard a lot of like safe words called out in dungeons or like 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 kind of scene ender like things like shouted out i've never heard anyone say anything like that <laughs> perhaps you should introduce it um, <laughs> Well, there you have it, people, uh, for those wondering. So we got a breakdown. <laughs> now I understand at least half of what was happening in that scene. Um, I don't understand where he got that, that very you know, 1980s Frederick's a Hollywood negligee from. <laughs> well, he probably he probably bought it on the black the same black market that he's trying to sell Jason on. <laughs> That's right. Everyone's trade trading frozen serial killers in for uh, Frederick's of Hollywood negligees. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, that once again brings us to uh, Janissa, who is unsuccessfully trying to fuck everything on this spaceship, maybe <laughs> including the spaceship. We don't know. <laughs> Then we have a whole batch of space marines who have very silly names, no personalities, and don't really appear in the section of the movie, so fuck them. We have Sunron and the robot that he wants to fuck, uh, KM. Oh, We can uh, also say the robot I want to fuck, but (laughs) there you go. And we and, and it technically, I would probably more call her a, a gynoid more than a robot, but still, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of technical terms being thrown around here, but before we go any farther, I made a mistake. I should have said at the beginning of this episode that there would be spoilers for Solo, a Star Wars story, where <laughs> a guy and a robot fuck. Well, thank you. And I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> allegedly. And then we have um, Kinza, who is the first person since Vicky in part two to own a matching sexy sweater and uh, panty set. So congrats to that. We brought uh, 
an old school look back for the 10th installment. And then there's a whole bunch of other Canadian randos, but who cares? We have enough on our plate as there is. (laughs) So let's get right back into the action where we find that the Crystal Lake tradition of leaving gigantic knives around has been kept alive over the course of hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah, what exactly is this tool supposed to be used for? It's a space machete. (laughs) (laughs) So you can chop down space palm trees? Uh, Uh, Yeah. That, or maybe those little alien creatures that are walking around that are supposed to be Janessa's uh, children or whatever, love children. Yeah. (laughs) That's on, like, a medical research table. Like, what are you hacking into? (laughs) What kind of logs do you need to chop in half? But once Jason then picks up that that uh, space machete <laughs> we get a look at something that we've we've touched on briefly but i want to bring back and that is jason's hair <laughs> this is just sad <laughs> i know he's supposed to have the ability to regrow tissue now but this sort of patchy beard on top of his head really <laughs> isn't jason's style it's really bizarre i don't i don't get it at all <laughs> It looks like someone who's trying to comb his hair before school and he won't cooperate. <laughs> I like the Jason with like from like two and even three where he's sort of like bald, but he has kind of weird patches of hair. And so and and then and then I guess as the series goes on, he just like it just his head just becomes like a like a like a rotting melon, I guess. And and and, and then, yeah, I don't know. They just I don't know why they gave him hair back in this one. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's absolutely different from the hair he has at the beginning of the movie. Yes. Because the beginning of the movie, he has this strange sort of Brillo pad hair. Mm-hmm. And then and then after 450 years in uh, in cryogenic sleep, he's now got the weird patchy hair again. Well, it's like it's wet. Cause it's cause he's cause they're thawing him out, and I did notice that like that, that his hair is like it's kind of almost like slicked, but it is that kind of brillowy like hair. So it's like it's a weird texture going on. I can I, now that I'm now that you're saying this, I can only imagine him in front of a mirror like Fonzie, just <laughs> combing <laughs> with a single plastic comb, going hey, at himself. <laughs> I, I just missed his feral hillbilly hair from part two. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. It's glorious, man. I mean, <laughs> He, he just had a style. He should have stuck with it. I know when some people are balding, they're like, I'm just going to take it all off. <laughs> and then he, because he kind of went through that, you know, gigantism phase. Yeah. <laughs> in the interim between one Friday the 13th and the following Saturday, he hit Gold's Gym <laughs> in a, some sort of, you know, pocket universe and then came back as a completely different person. But, you know, I just want to I just want to see him in like another movie where he's got the like the Larry Fine hair. Where he's bald on top and just like <laughs> just curly on the sides and back. Just it's kind of sort of. You murderous Art Garfunkel thing going on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, come back here! I got a machete, yo. <laughs> I guess they did it to like to try, like you said, to kind of show that he is now regenerating himself or whatever. But I don't know. I think it was a a dumb move just in the, in the looks department there. <laughs> What would have been worse, though, like, if he was regenerating, if he just got this, like, head of just fabulous chestnut brown hair, and, like, everything else is still <laughs> just looks like a, a, a pork roast left out in the sun for a couple hours. <laughs> just, just Jason Voorhees everywhere, but on top of his head, and on top of his head, he's like Parker Stevenson. 
Like remember, <laughs> remember years ago when that that Ken doll came out with the hair that you could style, and it was like all like just this like blonde flap in front of his face. Just picture <laughs> Jason with that. <laughs> We also discover once Jason hits that hallway that he is thick. He's enormous. <laughs> yeah. He is gigantic and not just tall. I mean, he is as wide as that hallway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the one cool thing about that that scene, though, is that it kind of, like I was saying, that this one kind of at least tries to kind of bring you back a little bit to like some of the earlier movies. You have the like him kind of like lumbering around and then like, walks off frame and then someone else kind of walks through that doesn't realize he's there and it's sort of like they just miss each other type of situation it was kind of good to see them get back to something like that because you know the last movie and everything (laughs) i mean i think there is an element here that because friday the 13th has gone through so many iterations and that's one of the reasons why it has lasted as long as it has or been as fruitful as it has is because it it can be different flavors of the same thing but yeah sort of post six has a lot of jason in it yeah he's no longer a stalker he is just a guy who you see a lot of and he does these things but there's no mystery as to whether or not he's there eight tried to play it both ways Mm. by seeing a lot of him and giving him the ability to bamf (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) but when you just end up seeing a lot of him it's not as brace yourself for a very hot take scary oh yeah no not at all and and you know and as i was saying like it was cool to see like them do like an old shot like that one of the first kills that we're going to get into i guess in a minute is like probably the most uncharacteristic kill i think of the entire series because he just like takes the guy alive well let's get we've got some road to hope before we get into it so oh yeah let's hold on for that (laughs) uh let's talk about uh professor lowe bringing uh rowan a lunch on a cafeteria tray (laughs) uh and it appears to consist of two dozen overly skinny carrots as her main dish (laughs) yep some unripened mango slices collard greens with cigarette butts in them (laughs) i don't know (laughs) And uh, mystery meat with wobbly eggs stuffed into it. And then a brick. Just a fucking brick. I don't know what that brick is. I have a Blu-ray. I paused it. I examined it very up close. I can't tell what the fuck is happening. I'm sure the screenwriter probably came up with some sort of, you know, faux futuristic name for it. Like it's like Flavo Fibes or or something like that. Or it's just, or like uh, Snowpiercer where it's just, you know compressed you know bugs for protein <laughs> compressed bugs <laughs> just like just bugs that you formed into food yeah remember in, in snowpiercer they had the protein bars and it was oh, uh right. they yeah. were they were they were just basically bugs when they weren't eating <laughs> babies <laughs> spoiler i haven't seen snowpiercer now i'm just kidding <laughs> i mean that's not this a huge whole thing spoiler. is a spoiler no no <laughs> Now you know everything about Snowpiercer. There's nothing left to to discover. Yeah. yeah. That's a very odd meal. Uh, Meanwhile, we cut to Jason in yet another hallway scene. And I don't know if this is because he's been frozen in carbonite or whatever the fuck, but this is the most listless we have seen Jason ever. Like, he just walks down a hallway, sort of unsure of where to go. And at one point, he sighs, visibly sighs, before taking a right. It's like, it's like well, I guess I'm back on my bullshit. 
Kill, kill, kill. Ah, there it is. It's just, I guess this, this is what I do. I can't change. I, we, I we can gotta, only do this. You got to imagine. I mean, he's been he's been like kind of stalking the same loca- location for what, like thirty years or something like that. Like, and then all of a sudden he wakes up on a spaceship. Like, that's got to be disorienting. <laughs> disorienting, but he's treating it like, oh fuck, not another spaceship. That's how it <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like oh, I've done this so many times. <laughs> oh my god! Like you're finally on a fucking spaceship. He might not realize he, 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 that could be just like another hallway in the crystal lake research facility only there's no water on the floor so he's right. gotta know this <laughs> yeah. is somewhat different yeah 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 <laughs> meanwhile uh low is giving rowan the dr phil treatment yeah um yeah i'm not i'm not really sure why he's doing this because if he already knows jason from the man that he facetimed in the sleeping drawer <laughs> which is I, my favorite character in the movie <laughs> <laughs> oh it's great he's fantastic his voice his voice is like i don't, it's incredible when he's like patronizing that dude about uh, when he's like i have no money or whatever and he's like oh like it's like, i've actually rewound that scene to like watch it again because i just like i love i love that guy's reaction <laughs> it is really really odd and the yeah. fact that he is broadcasting from inside a donkey kong video game yeah <laughs> yeah he sounds like william hickey like that he has like the oh, same yeah. voice it's yeah. weird. I was actually curious if it was like his kid or something. <laughs> <laughs> a son of Hickey? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so during this conversation between Rowan and Lowe, we learned something. And that is that they tried to kill off Jason in a variety of ways. Let's list them. <laughs> Electrocution, gas, firing, firing squad, squad. <laughs> and quote, we even hung him once, she says. <laughs> um, as previously noted, uh, most of these failures occurred during the Obama presidency, which is why conservatives always bring it up on Twitter. <laughs> um, What's I know- funny is I was trying to find a connection between the other movies and those things, and I was like, he was never gassed, I don't think. Like, well, but- they, she's speaking specifically of things that they did at the Crystal Lake Research Facility. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I just, I thought that they were going to, I thought that they were all kind of homages to, like, you um, know, because he, because he, he, he kind of goes against a firing squad, not really, but in the last movie, and he gets mm-hmm. electrocuted in, uh, the one where he's fighting uh, the psychic girl, Tina. Uh, Tina, right? Well, what's the what's the other one that they just said too? Well, to ga- hang him. Uh, gas. They tried to I hang think... him. He gets hung in three. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a, a lot of those seem to be direct references to part seven. I think. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, he gets sure. hung in seven. Also, that's right. He gets hung, and then she uh, douses him with gasoline. There's also a oh, gas shit. main that's that's uh, opened. That's uh, right. Okay. He, yeah. 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 He goes up in a ball of flame. I guess those are all references to part seven. Yeah. <laughs> so now I love this movie. <laughs> <Question> mark. <laughs> uh, cut to a Zuni fetish doll display uh, where Janisa is propositioning Sunaran, which is the dumbest fucking name. I will. We got to give this guy a fucking nickname. <laughs> I'm sick of saying his name and he's going to last for the entire film. Sunny, I don't know. Sunny, I don't know. Come Ron, <laughs> Ron, Ron, yeah, Ron. Bought and sold. Is there a particular reason that Janisa wants to sleep with the most boring person on this spaceship? Because she thinks she can. I think she's so he, jealous he's like of something K. To be yeah. conquered. Yeah, 
Okay. See, I think she's, she's bored. I mean, how long have they been there? I think she's jealous of of KM. I think it's like a, I think it's a type of thing where where she's like, oh well, he wants to sleep with this this gynoid, but I I want to get him for myself. She's, it's she's like a competition. Je- she's jealous of the sizzling chemistry between Sunaran and KM. Oh yeah. She's, I mean, just, <laughs> just right. whenever these two are on screen, I just break into a sweat. It's just <laughs> incredibly. <laughs> incredibly erotic that's right i postman I, rings twice <laughs> fuck off <laughs> the big easy <laughs> call me by your name <laughs> i don't think so just move over more all like of you. call me more like call me by your lame <laughs> <laughs> we've got a new set of hotness and that is Ron and his robot. <laughs> Who, she's fine. She's a fine actress and everything. But Jesus Christ, th- th- there's nothing happening here. Everything seems to have been shot where they're like, are, are we going to say cut? He's like, no, no, no. Just do it and I'll piece it together. Yeah, yeah, so people yeah. People just like randomly shout their lines. And like, is the camera pointed at me? He's like, maybe. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I de- yeah, he definitely has no. Uh, there's something with that guy. He definitely has no uh, presence whatsoever. And and it's funny because it works with her because she is like artificial. So you're like, okay, she's a little awkward or whatever. But he's just as awkward. <laughs> and so you're like, uh, wait, are they both androids or like? Well, what's going I mean, on she's here? trying for awkward. Like she's trying to come off as artificial and not quite human. Yeah, and he has. Um, an innate ability to project that. <laughs> yeah. And now, during some point in this, uh, you know, in the grand tradition of My Girl Friday, this back and forth that they have, uh, Ron tells Janisa that uh, he's not attracted to anyone who has bigger balls than him. Yeah. And I'm really hoping that everyone is aware of this information because they all had to measure their balls because they before they got on the spaceship is that something that happens i'm not an astronaut so i didn't really do well in science is that a thing that astronauts have to do measure their balls i don't think so so, but you can measure your balls and compare notes with everyone else you you can i i mean if you want to get into it for a minute i mean i have measured my balls (laughs) but i had to do that to be fit for a a chastity cage so oh yeah oh so you (laughs) there we go yeah that that all you needed to say so (laughs) i'm so square um (laughs) it's a bold choice to make Janisa the randy from scream of this movie considering that she does not know how jokes work. <laughs> she just kind of delivers every punchline like she's conducting an orchestra that's just out of frame. <laughs> Everything has gesticulating arms and no sense of rhythm or point. She just says lines and they're like, okay, that works for us. Like, how short was the shooting window that they just took every first take of her <laughs> joke? Yeah, she definitely plays like someone who's who's done more stage acting than film acting, mm-hmm. where everything is really big and you know your your co-stars just kind of look at you like they're kind of puzzled and don't really know <laughs> what what you're doing, and you maybe haven't consulted with them before you started filming, and like kind of what I would imagine everybody looks at Jared Leto like when 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 he's filming, <laughs> just like. 
I don't know what you're doing. I'm just going to kind of go with it. <laughs> Makes sense yeah, but they're me. all like, but the, the problem is, is that none of them are good. Like, no, <laughs> and they're all there. A lot of them are trying to be the breakout character. Like, like there's, there's oh, yeah, Janessa. And then what's the guy? Who's the guy at the cowboy hat who really hasn't done anything except sit there and talk about how horny and lonely oh, he the, is? The engineer guy. Yeah, yeah. Like they're definitely both trying to be the breakout character. Yeah. yeah. Actually, the only I think the I think the one person who brought it was was uh, was Brodsky. He's yeah. got yeah. Yeah, Brodsky, believe it or not, is not played by Tony Todd, but someone who really <laughs> I would like to be Tony Todd. I swore to God it was Tony Todd. No, it was this not is Tony the, Todd. This is the guy that gets kicked into the pit in three hundred. <gasps> I'll be oh, darned. Okay. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we, and we can't forget as far as trying to be the breakout characters, Azriel. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh useless. That I. Oh man. Well, I don't know. You know what's funny about it? this guy is he gets he kind of escapes being killed by Jason twice. That's that's more than a lot of people can say. Yeah, but the first time was just an accident. <laughs> I mean, that's like, I mean, he was basically a frozen statue, and he still lost an arm. But if he and, had been killed there, that would still count as a Jason kill. Uh, yes. I, I would count that as a Jason oh, kill. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, and it would have saved us a lot of grief. But hold oh, on. Yeah. We're, we're getting there, believe it or not. <laughs> kill, 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 kill. Break, break, break. Well, hey there, hi there, ho there, killers. This episode of Kill by Kill is brought to you by Studio Brand Headphones and Earbuds, the perfect harmony of studio-quality sound and Scandinavian minimalist design. Yet just tonight, I used my new pair of uh, Vasablo wireless headphones uh, while walking my dog Nigel. And unlike my old headphones, I didn't need, didn't need to worry about Nigel knocking out the earbuds out of my ears right at the cord and sending them into his freshly deposited pile of poop. That happened to me twice. Nuh-uh, not with my studio headphones, because they provide me the ultimate wireless freedom I need. Plus, you get the unparalleled design and eight hours of continuous play on just one charge. Now, you could grab a pair of Vazabloa earphones for yourself at studio.com and use the code KILLBYKILL at checkout to get 15% off your purchase. Do it today. That's studio.com. Use Kill by Kill at checkout to get 15% off your total purchase today. Kill, 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 kill. Break, 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 break. Brodsky is in charge of the Grunt Squad, which is what you call the Brute Squad in space. <laughs> <laughs> no one has called out our overuse of in space yet. So because we're just going to keep doing it. Because it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's right. I'm a professional comedy person, or at least until they take away my card. So uh, this is where we also learn that Waylander, uh, a person with a name called Waylander, uh, lets the cat out of the bag that they actually did bring uh, Jason on board, and that immediately Rowan begins to be ignored and dismissed by dudes when it comes to Jason being an unstoppable killing machine. So, once again, no one fucking listens to her at all. Now, Brodsky does. You could see him reacting in the background, and then they do have a cutaway to him, kind of like when she says he's an unstoppable killer, he's like, oh. And, yeah, and, and yeah. I, love, I love how how just... 
you know, inexplicably smug the professor. Oh no, he's very dead. Just, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's just like smirking at her about it. Like, like, yeah. like this guy told you, you know, w- William Hickey and Donkey Kong. I told you this guy <laughs> murdered. Are we? Are we like 150 people at this point? And 200 he, is what the number that they bring up. Yeah, and he's just very confident that this, you know, sack of frozen meat is. Uh, he is quite dead. She just told him. Yeah, well, we tried to kill him a bunch of times and nothing worked. She talks and it's like Charlie Brown's teacher. It's like, I don't know, guy in the space drawer said he would buy him, so I was going with it. Because I got to get my nipple twisted by new and excited people. Yeah. <laughs> um, like that, that kind of money could buy you a lot of high quality nipple twisting. For sure. Oh, yeah. And, and definitely market. a lot of tacky lingerie. There's also much better tools out on the market for such activity than what they were using. Yeah, but... that, did, that did not seem to be designed for that purpose. I don't. That's, no. a, that's a tetanus shot waiting to happen. And th- can you imagine the force of the grip? Because every because the where you grab it on either side are so thin. Yeah, it just it feels like I don't know. I would get very unhappy with that the longer I did it. And he seems to really want it twisted and harder. Yeah, some like, people are into that though. That's fine, <laughs> yeah. but I'm saying like Gina's right. Like you need a better tool. For oh yeah, than what oh you yeah. Have. Sure, sure. Just have a fucking computer make it already, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> oh yeah, they don't have 3D printing in in the future. <laughs> no, we're gonna learn that the future sucks <laughs> in this. Yeah, and in new and exciting ways does it suck. But before we get to that, let's cut to a, the murder scene, which has just been discovered by this very same group. And everyone's asked to do shit, including Kinza and Stony, who were just about to or just did have sex. I can't tell. They have a lot of clothes on for either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but everyone is has been summoned. And so Stony gets the call and 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 Kinza's like, oh, no, I wanted to to feel your loose body on mine and and stony meanwhile is wearing something out of scary spices wardrobe <laughs> it is very odd stony opens the door to reveal jason who stabs stony through the midsection and then snatches the machete blade first and rips, rips it, it all yeah. the way through his body <laughs> it makes no sense it now, doesn't here's a, here's a question was he just kind of was jason just kind of walking down the hall and like placing his ear up against the door and waiting for people to come out cuz that's remarkable timing on his part but i guess fuck style he's using his fuck style powers here so I his assume. like his his fuckdar was on and, and yeah like, I think his his fuckdar was on because it's them that they keep cutting to when he wakes up. Oh yeah, they, like, they're they're yeah. definitely the ones who who roused him from his eons long slumber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, and very unlike Jason, he does hold on to that machete when it is his tradition to drop any any tool that he uses to murder somebody and grab something else. But this he holds on to for like the whole fucking movie. Well, yeah. Well, he wants his other cool one. Looking, it's a pretty cool looking machete. <laughs> I know. but <laughs> Variety is the spice of life. Y'all. 
Yeah, I think I think you know what it is. I think he you know he's frozen for four hundred years with a with a regular machete in his hand, and then he gets his hands on this space machete, and he's like, oh shit, I gotta keep this thing for a while. <laughs> and then and then as it goes on, he starts you know he starts to get a little uh, nostalgic for the other one, and you know that that kind of becomes a plot point later on down in the movie. Um, meanwhile, in the scene, we see that Kinza gets splashed in the face with like tomato water yes. whatever it is it's v- too light for blood yeah it definitely uh, the effect definitely looks like somebody just like stood about two feet away from her and just like squeezed a balloon at her face it's like they threw a ball of paint at her because like it doesn't splatter it's just it just like like one spot in her face gets like covered in blood <laughs> it's so bizarre it's like the it's the most bizarre blood spatter i've ever seen in a movie it really doesn't make a lick of sense, but none of the movie does, so I don't know. We'll give it a pass for now, because there's other things happening. Cut to the Grunt Squad locker room, where we get a brief look at everyone wearing slightly different shades of green, uh, which is weird for a uniform that everyone just gets to do their version of it. It's like my kid's school has a uniform, and it's like, wear a blue shirt, so you can wear like any kind of blue shirt. So long as it's blue. But they're in the army, the space army. (laughs) And there's really nothing else to say about that. Cut to the loading dock at a Sheraton Suites and Convention Center (laughs) where several uh, lighting and staging pillars have been stacked up against a black wall with mood lighting. (laughs) Uh, This film, believe it or not, cost $11 million to make. And that's not counting the Canadian conversion rates. And this is what they call a set <laughs> in the future. Well, they, they you know, jumped ahead a little bit, but they, they spent all the money on those high quality virtual reality set pieces. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely correct. The uh, lizard aliens that looked like distaff members of the dragon ball z franchise I, I was just gonna not... say they, they i was gonna say they just looked like uh, it, it looked like you know that that doom was still around 450 years in the future only you are in the game <laughs> <laughs> kinda the good news is that the director borrowed a steam column from an old the night belongs to michelob commercial <laughs> and has placed it in the background for maximum <laughs> visual interest That is a deep cut for our youngest listeners. Oh, man. Let me tell you, there is nothing that younger listeners, the Kill by Kill podcast, love more than a reference they would have to go through several Google searches to find the punchline for. They love it, which is why we're so hot right now. I actually don't even know what you're talking about, so... (laughs) okay i uh, do <laughs> yeah. i mean the other version of the joke i had was the steam column straight out of a saturday night live uh, opening credits but <laughs> there's just something about the night belongs to Michelob that i enjoy more when all when you're not sure go for the even more obscure reference that's right if you confuse people it's still funny and if it's a direct reference that they just don't care for, it's not going to be funny at all. So em- embarrassingly enough, I, I wouldn't have gotten the Saturday Night Live one either. I've, I think I've only seen half an episode of that in my life. And they can, you know, our, our listeners can just, you know, enjoy the sound of two elderly people commiserating over something from their youth. That's right. <laughs> hey, back in my day, they would have a guitarist sing about your beer. <laughs> The whole idea behind the night belongs to Michelob 
was you were in some sort of sultry New York City night scene where you're watching uh, a guy who had not had a hit at that point for a good half a decade or more singing a version of his song during a commercial. And there, people are just kind of half lit. And you're like, wow, <laughs> that seems like they're out too late. <laughs> I want to go to bed. Well, before you go to bed, buy some Michelob. <laughs> and that, that was their pitch. Okay. Like, bought and sold. Cut a check. And Michelob, by the way, tastes like like bread soaked in turpentine. <laughs> it's not, not a good beer. Yeah, no. <laughs> but wait, uh, everyone. We have a special alert here. Because the person who's playing this soldier, who we will learn is named Dallas, because Alien was an awesome movie. And why <laughs> yeah. not compare your movie to that classic? Am I right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we have Dallas. We have another character named Waylander. I wouldn't say a deep cut Alien reference, but probably a little eh, sl- close enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely some. Oh, we've seen this. We've seen a movie. Yeah, yes. and then even just the the whole like kind of Paul Reiser, you know. Yeah, thing there's, there going there on. are yeah. many 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 alien homages. Oh, I'll, even I'll like be, I'll be generous and call it an homage. Oh yeah, even the end has like a big one, like the the getting sucked at. Well, I we're, we're not talking about that right now, but yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, this the actor portraying Dallas has more than one job on this film. Oh, yeah, he was one of the writers. (laughs) This is the film's director. No shit. That's Todd Farmer. I didn't Um, realize, I knew he was a writer. I didn't realize he directed that. He also, we're going to put directed in Dick Fingers. (laughs) I was going to say, you didn't didn't notice he was a director because the movie wasn't really directed. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they had a shot list and everyone showed up and there was like film in the camera. So something obviously happened. But everyone at New Line was so enthused by what they saw that this film sat on a shelf for two years. Two years. During which everything after Scream was released. So you have slasher movies coming out left and right. And they're like, is this the right time to release a Friday the 13th movie? Yes. Okay. Let's wait a year. And then they waited two, and like, has the Matrix come out and revolutionized <laughs> the way people see film? And they're like, yeah, now's the right time to release Jason X. It's got a virtual reality sequence in it. We're watching it. It looks like an old Michelob commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm still flummoxed that that was the director. What, what's I, 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 I looked at the IMDb for this because, and specifically because. When when I was watching the scene and I was like, this character, I was like, whose brother is this guy? Because he doesn't belong in this movie. And I just wanted to see like what was going on here. And 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 when I checked it out, the, I I'm pretty sure, and this could just be be me being bad at using the internet, uh, but I swear he was credited first as writer, second as actor. I didn't even see director, uh, so that's kind of funny. But um, but yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, this guy has to be like, you know, someone's brother or something. And then I like pulled it up, and I was like, oh no, he wrote the movie. There you go. No, you were, you were absolutely correct, and I was incorrect. Oh, he is listed as a writer. James Isaac is the director. Ah, so okay. I was incorrect. Ah, um, okay. <laughs> so again, thanks for really... making me look bad, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> 
No problem. <laughs> but again, I do it to my it co-host really, on my really show matter? all the time. I mean, there's not much direction to be found in this movie. No, he might <laughs> as well have been the director. They, they, for all I know, there are two names for the same person. It's there's no voice being <laughs> described here. Boy, it's really looking bad that we that we know somebody who knows Todd Farmer, and we are completely blowing up his fucking spot (laughs) we have like do you want me to contact him and i kept going that is a very generous offer i don't know he's if he's gonna want to talk to us after we talk about jason x (laughs) no yeah this sequence is is pretty much you like example a of why he would say hell fucking no to the possibility (laughs) Um, the VR here seems to emit viscous alien fluids. Uh, so... There's so much wrong with this fucking scene. <laughs> there's so much wrong with it. And, and uh, all right, first of all, how the how the fuck does how does Jason interact with the VR things? How does he see them? Why like they're wearing like things on their heads that make them able to like do that and control? Why doesn't he just see them on the floor sitting there? But it's there? also kind of like the the holodeck on Star Trek The Next Generation where it seems to encompass the entire area. I mean Well that's that's how they that's how they pitch it more later on when they use it to kind of try to distract him, uh, which is one of the best scenes in the movie. But uh, th- what? Why do they like? Because they have things like it's like they have these boxes in front of them and these like kind of headbands on, and you, 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 like I would think that you can't see what's going on or interact with it unless you're kind of linked into this thing, and that's sort of how they're pitching it here. But then he interacts with them. He's cutting the thing in half, and he's cutting them in half or whatever. And but then later on, like again, you know, they they it's like it's like the the rules of how this VR room work don't make any sense. I, I don't quite understand it, but I also feel like that this being someone's pitches virtual reality 500 plus years from now is a <laughs> lack of imagination. Oh, yeah. I don't quite understand how it works other than it gives Azrael our favorite character <laughs> the opportunity to use his overly long gun. Uh, as a penis <laughs> at one point when he says that he's feeling it and he kind of fucks his gun a little bit. <laughs> and I was not very happy with that at all. And, and, and the, the gun kind of looks a little bit like a super soaker. Yeah, it looks like a shrimp fork on steroids. <laughs> um, it looks like something that you would twirl around pasta when it's boiling. <laughs> yeah. And so Jason then enters the scene somehow. Cuts an alien in half. How? Kinda. That's what I mean. It makes no fucking sense. <laughs> like, why Why do they not have guns shooting this thing, but he can use his machine? It just, it's so dumb. It doesn't track. It just it just does not track. But I, once again, I want to remind everyone, this film was released after The Matrix. <laughs> after uh, the sequels, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, mm, I, the the second one did that come out like 2003 so that came out like after this okay uh, there were there were still a lot of superior special effects you, you know heavy movies before this yeah yeah like the blood monster in blade mm-hmm. looks better than this and they yeah. didn't make the final movie they 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 don't like how it goes when jason then cuts them in half and so dallas shuts off the game <laughs> Um, 
And you can almost hear, and Jason, as if he hears the cry of every cast, of every audience member in every screening of this, chokes Azrael almost immediately. (laughs) Dallas then flanks him, gets a couple shots in. Jason drops Azrael, who apparently was styled after the lead singer of Big Mountain. (laughs) And look it up, people. Once again, I know this. I, I understand that reference in the style of Captain America. I understood that reference. <laughs> you know, baby, I love your way. You choke Azrael. I wish you had done more of it. But we don't get that because he's been shot a couple times. He drops uh, Azrael to the ground. And then almost as if the audience was like but wait bring that terrible character back (laughs) which did not happen he jumps on jason's back because why there's a guy that big do you think you're going to help the guy who has a gun (laughs) by jumping on this giant man's back this was exactly the scene why i why i imdb that guy because i was like they're trying like real hard to give him the like he's like you're in my shot you're in my like the whole like i I'm I'm gonna be badass, but I'm also gonna be like cautious of my buddy. Like, and I was like, they're trying to give him this like real, you know, character moment. And and I was like, this this fucking guy does not need this moment. Like, why why is this guy why is this even happening? And that that was what led to the <laughs> to me looking him up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Jason, as a result of this, uh, swings Azrael off in a modified Hurricane Rana and breaks his back. Yeah. Um, the first joke I wrote for this was an, actually an elaborate reference to swing dancing uh, in a <laughs> commercial, but I thought it was like too many ba- old, old, old references, so I held back. It is kind of a nice like move, though. Like you know, like he comes around and brings him down. Like it's it's much more uh, uh, elegant than Bane, you know, breaking Batman's back. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's one of the few moments in this film where it cuts on action. So yeah, I like that. That's yeah. Neat. And then Dallas gets his face slammed into a wall, and we hear a funny squeaking noise as his face slides down. Yeah. Mm. So that's that's what happened in this section of the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a scene. I, I, we need to rethink the way we do this podcast, or the <laughs> entire podcast. <laughs> Nothing happens in this section of the film, and yet the last episode, we talked for over an hour about- <laughs> 20 minutes of nothing fucking happening yeah this 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 this, like watching it this way definitely made a movie that i love much harder to watch because you know particularly with 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 patrick because he doesn't seem to miss anything you're just really really hyper focused on each individual section and it makes you more aware of okay this is really fucking stupid. <laughs> Whereas, <laughs> if you're watching it all in one go, it it becomes you know, kind of more an overall singular experience, and you don't have as much opportunity to notice you know odd little, let's say, creative choices. Yeah, that, well, that I... some of that some of the <laughs> actors make, or maybe the screenwriter made, or or the director, if a director existed, made, you know, <laughs> you know, whereas from beginning to end, you're kind of more focusing on, you know, getting from, you know, point A to point B to point C, and you, yeah. you don't really have it, you don't really have the chance to be able to concentrate that, you know, that much on what's happening on an individual level. Yeah, yeah, and like I, like I said before, too, it's like pinned between, it's like sandwiched between, like, a couple of 
actual cool deaths too. Like the 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 woman whose face gets shattered is 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 really cool. And then uh, you got like some of the the Marines getting taken out later, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then these were just like, what? Why? Why were these scenes even in it? And like, and the first one that we talked about, Stony, like, like he's like kind of alive, and Jason drags him off. And then you're sort of like, oh, well, is he going to use him as bait or something? And no, like it just it it like it's not even an on screen kill. Like that, like that's not something that usually happens in these movies. So I don't know. I thought that was really odd. Yeah, it def- it's definitely, like I said earlier, it, it definitely feels like, oh, we have too many characters. Let's just get rid of, a- let's get rid of a bunch, a couple of them as quickly as possible. So we're at that moment, the moment, <laughs> that moment that everyone knew would happen, the fears and dreads. And that is choose your own death venture time. And that is where we decide if we were forced to die in one of the ways portrayed in this section of the movie. Which one would we choose and why? Up for bid today are stabbed through the back with a space machete. <laughs> uh, get your back broken rather balletic, uh, balletically. Is that a word? That is now. Sure. All right. I'm not known for words. I'm only a professional writer. And just a good old fashioned face smash uh, where you kind of bleed a little. But that's about it. It's more of a concussion sort of death. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, dumb and visually uninteresting. <laughs> so those are your choices. Uh, and Dick, as our guest, I choose you to go first. All right. Well, uh, again, just to reiterate, you know, this scene, this whole, you know, the scenes we've been going over, I would I would prefer any other death in this movie than any of these three. But if I have to pick one of these, I am going to go with the back break, uh, the, the pirouetting sideways, whatever back break, uh, just because it seems like you'd at least get to go on a fun little ride for half a second before you get, you know, broken. Now, you do realize you're going to have to possess that hair. <laughs> well, my hair is disgusting and crazy so i think but maybe it's not, i've seen pictures of it and it's not as real disgusting and crazy no it's not that bad but i mean it's like halfway there everyone's gonna have goals yeah no i just i've been uh, uh lazy uh, so all right gina what say you uh yeah i mean none of these are particularly like you know exciting or interesting or even particularly gory but i i I guess i'll go with stony mostly because you know he's probably feeling pretty good you know he just got some right beforehand (laughs) and you know didn't really have you know too much i i just you know when you're you have like a huge machete just driven through your midsection even if you're kind of conscious you're not really conscious at that point so i i yeah yeah i mean if i had to pick one i'll go with stony okay um yeah i think i'm probably gonna go with uh space machete only because then i would get to wear that shirt (laughs) i mean that's that's a hell of a shirt i mean you could you can club in that shirt you can just hang out i would feel like an influencer and not a good one but an influencer nonetheless and that that would make me feel young and not quite so old that when i make Michelob 
commercial <laughs> references that people go, oh, he's just very well steeped in pop culture and not like, oh, my God, he's so old, he's dust. If you're, if you're wearing a shirt like that when you made the, the Michelob commercial reference, it would somehow be cool. <laughs> we don't know what he's saying, but we just know it's meaningful. All right. Well, there you have it, uh, Dick. Uh, where can people reach out to you and hear and read more about what you're doing? Uh, well, I'm on Twitter at uh, Dick Wound. Uh, my podcasts are also on Twitter as uh, OCP Kink for Off the Cuffs and Being There Pod for Being There. And that's probably the best way to, to reach out to me. And uh, as far as listening, we're on basically all the platforms that you can listen to podcasts. Uh. Excellent. Do it today, people. Uh, Gina, where can people uh, reach out to you? Uh, I write about pop culture and movies and old television at GinaRadcliffe.com. And you can find me on Twitter under Porcelain72. You know what, people? You have reached out to us uh, more often. We have bounced up from our previous stagnant levels on i on uh, iTunes and we have bounced up we we have a new three star review i'm very proud of Aww. we got we've got a lot of five stars one four and one three so we've got a like and a eh so it's a great variety now uh but more positive reviews as well and we truly appreciate it you know it's iTunes reviews help you rise the ranks and they're very important that way. So if you can do that and you tell us what your favorite uh, kill was in the Friday the 13th franchise or any of the films that we've covered, we'll talk about it here on the air. That's our solemn promise to you, the Kill by Kill listener. Uh, talk to us on Twitter at Kill by Kill Pod, Instagram, Kill by Kill Podcast, any of the Facebook groups, you know, set up uh, smoke signals. I won't see it. But it'll be fun, and your neighbors will complain, and that's the best part. And that just about does it, but don't worry, the body count continues. Until next time, everybody, for myself, for Gina, for Dick, bye bye everybody. Bye. Good night. Kill by Kills produced by We Write Good and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Friday the 13th is owned by Paramount Pictures. Jason is owned by New Line Cinema. No infringement is intended. Kill by Kill logo was designed by Josh Hollis. Visit him at joshhollis.com. The Kill by Kill theme was created exclusively for us by Revenge Body. Get the whole track and much, much more at revengebodymemphis.bandcamp.com today.